Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a football Friday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon. Ken Miller for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. Thanks for tuning in uh, here this morning on a busy either of the local teams playing uh, this weekend, but boy, they're making news. We'll start with that. But the BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this in about two, 20 minutes or thereabouts. Chris Williams uh, from Cyclone Fanatic and the uh, On Iowa podcast, Iowa Everywhere podcast, beg your pardon, will uh, join us and we will catch up with Chris Williams coming up here at, uh, at 1020. Bama Bob Trent and I will take a look at the championship games that will take place starting tonight. We'll do that at about uh, 11.40. At 12.05, we'll head to Vegas, catch up with Mike Palm, the latest uh, behind the counter with Mike Palm from Circa Sports, Vice President of Operations at Circa. And then Tom Kakert, uh, our final guest of the week, he'll join us about 12.30. Uh, the Cade McNamara News, the NIL, the Iowa Swarm Collective, uh, uh, the potential changes taking place in the coach's office over in Iowa City, assuming there are some. Um, so Tom Caker will be our final guest of the week before we make our picks and get out of here to make way for Murph and Andy at one. Trent Condon, how are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Lots to, uh, lots to talk about. Yes. A lot of ground to cover. Uh, busy time, no doubt about that. Where do you want to start? I... I, I guess with the Cade McNamara news, because it's, it's the most important position in sports, obviously. And, uh, for Cade McNamara and for Kirk Ferentz to get out ahead of all of this and to, um, you know, take all the, if, if there was to be any drama in this with other schools reaching on, perhaps there were so. Cade McNamara is going to be a Hawkeye. And apparently this happened, um, following a phone call or during a phone call on Tuesday night, as reported by Tom Cakert at Hawkeye Report against uh, apparently Kirk Ferentz and the, Former Michigan quarterback got together on the phone, had a conversation, and McNamara committed to him during that call. So let's use a little deductive reasoning. I was hoping you would get that way. Because on the surface, everything stays the same. You get a new quarterback. Cade McNamara's not coming to Iowa. No, he's not. He's seen this offense. He has. He played against this team a year ago. Right. This offense, if you read anything, if you, I mean, I know he's a football player and he's busy and he's not staying away, staying off media, but if you read anything, there were the brunt of jokes. He had the knee surgery a month ago. Yeah, so yeah. he's probably. I'm, I'm going to guess he's been on his phone just a little bit. Potentially. <laughs> and when he let it know that, you know, I was reaching out, I'm sure that there was some, I would hope, mm-hmm. some of his friends uh, tried to do an intervention. Right. <laughs> Are you sure? Have you seen what they do there? Um, but to your point, I don't think he's committing knowing that it's going to be same old, same old. Right. He has to have a wink and a nod or a promise that things are going to change and this is going to be happening dot, dot, dot. Um, we don't know, but I'm guessing McNamara does. Absolutely. I think that's where you have to start to anticipate that this offensive staff is going to be the same That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I I do want to say one thing, which I found very interesting. I didn't see one negative thing from a Michigan fan, a Michigan broadcaster, a Michigan writer. 
Uh, like a good riddance type of thing? It was, yeah, it wasn't. Right. Good luck. It was. If all, he doesn't want to be here, get right. his ass out of here. I saw, I saw that a lot. I've seen that a lot yes. the last couple There's of There's been plenty of that. Yeah, Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce, yeah. and we've seen plenty of that. They don't want to be here. We don't want them. I've not seen that with Cade McNamara. Excellent point. I never thought about that. There was. I'm guessing if we dug really deep, we could find some idiot. Right. But it's a rarity. Yeah. And, I, and, I didn't see any. Mm-hmm. In today's day and age, that says a ton. Right. He took this team to the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. He saved Jim Harbaugh's job. Mm-hmm. He is a beloved figure. And I saw Tom had something with one of the Michigan writers that said, this guy is kind of rarefied air. Yeah, not the most talented guy. No, but a leader is what I was... Absolutely. Leadership qualities uh-huh. through the roof. A guy that is easy to root for. Even as he lost the job, he was still voted captain week after week Which is, after week. That, that, goes, that says something, does That resonates. That's big time. It is. I agree. Coupled with a guy... That is the most accurate passer that Iowa's had since. Mm. Stanzi? I, I think he's more accurate than Stanzi. A guy that can throw the deep ball certainly better than anything we've seen recently. Uh-huh. Peters since Stanzi? Was Stanley was not a good deep thrower. No. Bethard, maybe. But that's about it. And even Bethard had, I think, yeah. is, this is a guy that can throw it deep. We know Drew Tate can. Yes, absolutely. You saw that. <laughs> yes, no doubt about it. <laughs> you have all these qualities, the leadership, Everything that goes Mm -hmm. along with it. Oh, he doesn't know the clock's running. And Cade McNamara, this was not his only option. Oh, could no, of course not. Notre Dame had reached out. Apparently, yeah. Alabama was sniffing around. There are big time programs. Yet Iowa came in, and most importantly, N I L Iowa Swarm came in. Yep. If you're a Hawkeye fan, and you want Caden Proctor, Mm -hmm. you want Cade McNamara. And you want Flipper Anderson's kid. You see that? The kid from. No, is he really? Yes. From Charleston Southern, huh. who had a big season and was uh, one of the players of the year in his conference. Wow. Uh, there is a D2 receiver from Michigan that they're heavily involved on, a couple other kids. If you want these guys, the new reality is. It's true. Donate to yep. Iowa Swarm. Yep. And if you're a Cyclone fan, do the same thing with We Will. Absolutely. That is how things uh-huh. are going to be done. You might not like it. No, but it's the way it is. This is the reality. No, nobody cares whether you like it or not. Right. <laughs> If you want your team to succeed, and unfortunately for the athletic departments at Iowa and Iowa State, Mm -hmm. and you're sending a couple hundred bucks in, 500, even a thousand a year, whatever it is, even if you're one of those lower But if there's enough of you, it it adds up. It adds up. And if you're going to pay Proctor, look, Iowa State was apparently going to have some good news regarding TJ Tampa, who had one foot out the door and he was going to cash in. Apparently, the thought is they're going to be able to pay him and keep him. And you need to. how it has to be done. Right. This is where we are. So instead of writing that check to the athletic department, do it to your collective. Mm -hmm. It's going to impact your team it is. a whole lot more. Where does that money go when you go and you send your $500 check? That's a great question, right? Great question. It just goes in the coffers yep. and what? It's an extra pair you of shoes. You know where your money is going when you when you yes. uh, direct it to these collective. It is going to help you build and keep your roster. That is where uh-huh. we are today. And Iowa Swarm has done an incredible job. We'll talk about that more with Tom Kaker, mm-hmm. who has helped out and uh, has been a big part of Iowa Swarm. So we will get some more details on that. But certainly good news, as bad as it has been the last couple of days. Now you got to find some receivers. Mm-hmm. This can't be it. Nope. The Alabama kid, six foot three, 195, had six touchdowns this year for Alabama. It's pretty good. Yeah. There's a real possibility. There's some connection with hmm. him and McNamara. There is a lot going on. And, and maybe it's just my age, but having Flipper Anderson's kid. I mean, Flipper Anderson was one of my favorite wide receivers of, of the year. Right? Rams, right? Him and Henry Ellard? Yeah, oh, yeah. that one I mean, not St. Louis Rams, L.A. Rams. Yes, yeah. 
going back and them against San Francisco in a couple of NFC yeah. Championship games and Dickerson and company and Jim Everett throwing the ball. A flipper Anderson's kid. That, that just really got a smile on my face this morning when I saw that connection. Well, uh, good news. The Hawks have their quarterback, and we'll see how the roster looks like. I'm, I'm hearing there is another defection coming on the defensive side of the ball. We'll save that for Tom Kakert. Um, uh, we, we'll see if, if it's coming up. Uh, we'll talk to Tom at, at, at uh, 12.25. Uh, so let's go to Iowa State, where the news uh, uh, came yesterday that the changes were happening. And there apparently, I was told in the middle of the afternoon, it's like somebody died in the uh, in the football offices. Um, there was a lot of uh, very sad, not necessarily, they didn't say hurt feelings, um, but a lot of, um, you, you, you could tell it was it was a difficult day. And Tom Manning, apparently Matt Campbell, when he broke the news to Manning, uh, Campbell persuaded him to go home and to sleep on it instead of, uh, you know, just just spouting, no, I'm not going to do it, I'm out, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Go home, sleep on it, uh, talk to your wife about it, see if this is the best decision. He didn't want to be demoted. That's the way, yeah. that's the bottom line. He didn't want to take the demotion. Uh, and uh, now Manning is gone, Dave Andrews, the strength coach is gone, the strength department will, will change. Nate Shieldhouse is the interim OC. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if there is another one still to come. I mean, we had that guy yesterday, um, from the University of Ohio, who's playing this weekend, Coach Izzy can't say his last name, but Bill Bender's a, a an Ohio grad from the Sporting News. Asked him about him, he hadn't heard, so maybe we'll we'll see. Uh, but there's changes are afoot. There's change a brewing. Um, now, I guess the big shoes left to drop, right? Now that we know the offense coordinators out names, when will we hear what's going on over in Iowa City? Isording, is that how you say his name? Mm. Isording. Maybe fifty-two-year-old guy. Yep. I mean, they're 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 in the championship, the the MAC championship this weekend. So, if there is news to come from that, you would think that obviously it's going to have to wait until mm-hmm. after the game tomorrow. But whether he's the guy or not, there is change, and there's a lot of Cyclone fans. I'm guessing that would be very happy. You know, sight unseen, just to to, to let Neil, Nate Schilhaus give it a whirl because he's a hell of a recruiter, yes. and he gets in he gets in living rooms and he's played um, high level football. He's played very high level football. There's no doubt about that. And um and is and is a closer and is one of these guys that I know you can't buy stock. We say this all the time, right? <laughs> I I don't have Peyton Sanford stock, uh, but I would buy coaching stock in Nate Schilhaus if I could because I think he's going to be a head coach and run his own program one day and probably sooner rather than later. This was something that was necessary. I mean, we we've in seen both this. places, yeah, absolutely, in some kind of shakeup with the staff, and not just Tom Manning, but mm-hmm. whatever else happens inside of it. We've talked about the struggles of the offensive line. This has been a problem for a long time. This is something that these guys are all have a background in, from Myers to Manning to Campbell. All three of them yep. have offensive line mm-hmm. backgrounds. And they haven't been able to figure it out. And that's where they wanted Manning to go, which tells me that there's more movement to come. Right. Because Myers, the oath, uh, the line coach there, I mean, you were about to lose your job to Tom Manning. Right. I, can't, I can't believe that you're just going to keep it because he turned it down. So we'll see. But it's a tough time over there. Um, you know, Campbell sent out a release and kind of made it pretty clear that this is... Didn't say these words. This is just the beginning, but it sounds like there's going to be more upheaval. And look, when you when you have a, 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 go four and eight, um, mm-hmm. and and the fan base demands who who ponies up and 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 gives those donations and buys those tickets, uh, and the athletic director realizes that that it might be a little more difficult year to sell tickets because it's been the highest of highs over there for the last few years. Um, and despite the fact that the Iowa game is in Ames this year, you still have to fill that stadium. Back-to-back disappointing seasons. They have been, yeah. That's true. 
And you're still trying to dig out of the hole of 2020 and mm-hmm. limited financial hole. Yes, yeah. attendance that you had mm-hmm. in that one. So there's just so much happening and so much going on. This makes a lot of sense. Shouldn't come as a surprise. Now, this happens here and we bounce back and forth. When does it happen in Iowa City? You just wonder, right? Now they have a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And does Kirk Ferentz still believe that this is still the season? Is Spencer Petras going to be his quarterback in the bowl game? No. Did there, are the two connected in any way? That the Brian and Spencer... Um, I, I, I'm just trying to figure things out. I, I'm throwing stuff against the wall. I can't see that. No, uh-huh. no, I don't think. Now we'll see Sunday when we hear from Kirk after the bull announcement, right? Where health wise Spencer Petrus is, but mm-hmm. right now it looks like it's going to be Joe Labus. Right, that'll be the starter, and Carson may be his backup. And mm. who's the emergency third quarterback? Mm. Cooper DeGene? Cape Cooper, I would think. He'd be my starter, but that's that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, you need him on the other side of the ball too. Now, what happens if Joe Labus goes out? And let's not be crazy, but he goes 15 of 25, 220 yards. Well, and a if he of does, there's the, then you should be pissed off at your head coach because your uh-huh. head coach during the regular season said he's miles behind the two right. that are in front of him. Right. And we saw the two that are in front of him, and you know the results weren't great. And be it against NC State in the Mayo Bowl mm-hmm. or be it against Ole Miss in Nashville, good, competent teams. Mm-hmm. If you see Lapis even show any kind of modicum of positivity... You're gonna be left scratching your head. You are, <laughs> especially what you. I mean, you had a you had a generational defense mm-hmm. uh, in, in Iowa City this year. They really did. Um, so good, so good. But offensively, let them down. So, uh, I, if the receivers that you mentioned are coming in and are joining Cade McNamara, this is good. So when Chris White was fired at Iowa along with Bobby Kennedy six years ago, mm-hmm. when those two guys were fired, there was the recruiting thing with the Texas guys, and everything blew up with Eno Benjamin and Gavin Holmes and. And uh, Corrales, when everything blew up there, I hadn't remembered until yesterday. In fact, AD and me were uh, talking yesterday afternoon a little bit about that. We were trying to kind of jog our memory. When did that happen? Because, well, all right, they go through this. Kirk doesn't make in-season things. And it felt like it happened pretty quickly after the year. It wasn't until January 7th. Really? It wasn't until huh. January 7th that that happened. So the bowl, they were home from the bowl game. They right. took a couple of days off, came back in the office, and then... He's been around for 24 years. Mm. You kind of know what Kirk's going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is the right Although course I of didn't, action. I didn't anticipate the move yesterday, get him getting on the phone and calling Cade McNamara on a sure. Tuesday night before the transfer portal actually officially opens on Monday. So maybe. But he's different also because McNamara is a it's grad. Right, right, right. But so. still, Ferentz getting in front of it and getting mm-hmm. a quarterback and potentially helping out direct with the NIL as far as making that known that this is going to be available. Maybe there is change. We have to adapt. It's different. <laughs> College football is mm-hmm. different. We're about to embark on a 12-team playoff. We're paying players. I mean, somebody tweeted the other day, I mean, if somebody was in a coma and woke up and, and the college football playoff is 12 teams and Oklahoma and Texas and the SEC and USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten uh, and players are getting paid. Can you, I mean, think of the change we've seen here lately. And yet think of the other time. You know, 25 years down the line, I'm both bumping my grandkid on the knee and grandpa, college kids weren't paid. Yeah. They, they just... They just went to school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way that it was. And the Rose Bowl I, held up a playoff for how many years? <laughs> yeah. That, and you had to, if you didn't like the school you were at or something would happen, you did whatever, you, you had to sit out a year? Yeah, you had to sit. Yeah. You were forced to sit out. Couldn't in, play. In, in the United States, they, 
They bench you for a year? That's, Come on. That's the reality that we lived for a very long time. Grandma's grandpa okay? <laughs> Has he been hit the sauce again? Right. We'll take a probably. time out. Chris, probably. Yeah. It's like that uh, the, the Jethro's commercial. Just pretend for a minute you're going to quit drinking. Just pretend. (laughs) Cracks me up. Uh, We'll take a time out. Chris Williams uh, from Iowa Everywhere and Cyclone Fanatic Moore on Iowa State. Bama Bob Trent and I are going to take a look at the championship games in college football this weekend. Mike Palm will head to Vegas with Mike Palm and then Tom Kakert on Iowa. Our pick's still to come. We're here until 1. It's Miller and Condon. We're underway on a Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO Brooks and Dunn, one of the best. Trent Condon. <laughs> no, this is Dirks Bentley, but ah. I just I like the name of the song. It fits it? very well with our upcoming guest, That's Chris Williams. Chris Williams' dog's name. Lot, not Bentley. Dirks, I think. A lot of leaving left to do. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hello, Chris Williams. Isn't your dog so, Bentley? What is that supposed to mean? Well, we think that Trent's referring to maybe Manning, the coaching staff. A little bit more. Uh, who knows? Yeah. I thought you were referring to my marriage. No, I was no. like, what? Because <laughs> that's what the song's about. Oh, okay. Like, he just leaves every woman he's with. Oh, no. That, that's, I was thinking now, more Trent about Iowa State football. the tips of our yeah, skis yeah. when it comes to the meaning of country <laughs> songs. Good. Yeah. I appreciate the bit. I appreciate your commitment. To yes. It. Great. Uh, Dirks, is that, is that not your dog's name? Yeah, it is. I, Dirks Bentley is one of my all-time favorite artists, and yeah, I named my dog after. Look at that. I didn't even know that. I did, too, and, yep. I, and I saw Dirks got some good news yesterday, and I actually I, I favored your tweet. I'm happy. I'm a dog oh, yeah. owner. I know what that means. Man, yeah, it's been it's been quite the deal, um, but no, it's a lot of people, Ken, they don't understand, like, man, you would give your dog chemotherapy, mm-hmm. but like, I'll give my wife credit. She's the best veterinarian in Des Moines, and yeah. she's the one who saved his life. She she spotted it wow. really early and cut enough of it out where it made sense that we could do the treatment for him, and it would actually, you know, prolong his life and not, you know, make us broke. So, yeah, I, I give her the credit. Well, that's good to know, Chris, because uh, and you know this, but maybe the audience doesn't. Doctor Ashley Williams is my dog's vet. <laughs> it's Jet's <laughs> vet. Go. So, absolutely, she's very good, and I'm not. I am very biased, but she's. She's where she's at for a reason. Absolutely, she's at Creature Comfort Nick, and I'll give him a plug. Let's uh, th- let's talk there about what's going on in the uh, the football offices. Uh, it's got to be a tough time over there. I heard yesterday it was like somebody in the program died, and I guess that's a pretty good description of it. When uh, you know these people have been kind of fixtures for the last few years, uh, some ch- uh, changes afoot, and we saw the release uh, uh, come out this morning. Um, seemingly, yeah. it seemingly it was. It was speculated. It seemed like it was going to happen, but yet when it does happen, it's still kind of tough, right? Yeah, I hate these days just in general. I mean, I get it. It's like a cutthroat business, and it's a results-oriented deal, and I I understand all that. Tom Manning gets paid really well. You know, all that stuff's true. But then, you know, like, there's still families involved. There's still kids involved. It's never fun. I love Tom Manning. I think that he – honestly – it to me, like I think that he may have taken too much of a brunt for the offense because my whole thing is when your offensive line's as bad as theirs is, what plays are you supposed to call? 
and he's not the he he's orchestrated some of the best offenses in the history of the school. I mean, the majority of them. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's just some idiot who doesn't know what he's doing. But I also understand where Matt's coming from. And if you watch the games, it's like clearly they need to go in another direction and get some new ideas. And that's just kind of where I'm at. But it's it's like too. It's like I, you know. I hope people are listening. Like Tom Manning's not a dumb football guy. Like he was in the NFL for crying out loud. Like he's not, he, he he's going to have a nice career after this. I just think that, you know, a day like this, it's a little bit raw. Like you said, Ken, I think he put it well. With that, Chris, looking at the future and who they bring in, the Ohio offensive coordinator with some Toledo connections, a lot of people making that uh, connection with Iowa State. You don't anticipate wholesale changes, but what would they try to do offensively? How would it look different in your mind and and some of those tweaks at the minimum that they'd be looking for? Well, whatever it is, they've got to get better up front, right? Like, we can't keep having the same conversation Mm -hmm. about the offensive Mm -hmm. line. Like, to me, (laughs) everything else is kind of you know, like, we'll figure it out type thing to me. Like, what are you going to do to develop these guys better and schematically have them in better spots? Because I talk to really smart football people, okay, and they all tell me, oh, you can win with those guys, talking about the offensive linemen. So what does that tell you? It's Mm. their development, it's the coaching, and it's the scheme. So to me, again, like, we've seen Tom Manning call winning football, guys. Like, we've seen them outscore Oklahoma. We've seen all these things. He's not an idiot, but you look back, well, what was the difference? Well, boy, it sure helps when you have Brees Hall. <laughs> sure helps when you have David Montgomery. It sure helps when you have NFL tight end. Yeah. The biggest loss of the year, now that I think about it, was Chase Allen. Mm. Uh, if you think about Iowa State's just inability to run on the edge all year. Chase Allen is a guy who's probably the most underrated cyclone maybe that I've ever covered in the sense that he did the dirty things. He did the Ray Lima stuff. He was kind of the nose guard of that. You know, Charlie Kohler caught all the balls, but Mm -hmm. as far as, like, helping that running game, Chase Allen was that guy. So, like, they got to do whatever they do, Trent. Like, I don't want to see Iowa State be like, oh, we're going to be this spread team. Mm -hmm. We're going to spread it out. No, that's not that. That is not how Matt wants to coach. It's, it has not been their recipe to success in the Campbell era, and I still think that that mentality of being like the northern option in the Big Twelve, where we're going to run the, I still think that's the way to go. But if you don't have the guys up front, and if your line is as poor as they have been, you're not going to be able to do that. You can't just count on having Brees Hall every year. Uh, and is that why the strength and conditioning uh, uh, change in, uh, with Dave Andrews, is that part of it because of the offensive line? I don't know, but I would think it, I mean, it, it's got to be part of the equation, right? Uh-huh. But then on the other end, though, you've got the you know best defensive line in the Big 12 we'll year in, year too. out. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's training all those guys. Right. So I, From what I've understood, Ken, it's a philosophical thing with Dave and Matt and it's not a lot more than that it's mm. just you know I don't that that stuff's like way of look at me like obviously I'm not living in the gym so I don't that's that stuff's above me but they're all these strength guys have different philosophies and my guess is that would when you look at the strength thing go back to last year you know when you have all these guys coming back and they underperform like I would guess that that's kind of where that started 
and that this year probably was just the uh, icing on the cake. Well, and somebody pointed this out to me, Chris, and, and I don't know well enough to, 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 to watch these kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, but but apparently Andrews was always at Campbell's side up until this year. You look at this, uh, they'd show him on the sidelines, mm-hmm. and Andrews was there. When someone would get hurt, Andrews would run out on the field with the trainers, and this year that wasn't the case. Uh, that's what I, I was told. Notice I didn't notice it either. I was wondering if you did. Huh. That's what I was told. Well, yeah, and my my guess is that that's a philosophical thing, and that Matt wants to go in a different direction as far as his philosophy goes. But yeah, I mean, it's very possible there was a falling out. I mean, losing will do that, right? Yeah. Like, this is why this is such a critical moment for Matt's program. I mean, if you guys look, Iowa did this like at years like five through eight these these developmental programs that for these guys who stay at these places for more than five, six years, they always seem to hit a rut right now. And they either make really good decisions and they listen to people and they come out better on the other end, Gary Pinkle at Missouri, Mm -hmm. Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, or you get stubborn and you dig in and you can never dig out of the rut. And there's a lot more guys like that. So, like, what Matt's doing right now, these decisions, like, there's no more important decision than you can make than the strength and conditioning guy. And look at Chris Doyle at Iowa. When he goes out, like, I'm I am convinced that their offensive line drop-off is not because they have bad play. I'm, I'm, I'm firmly convinced. He of was that. great at his job, obviously, was the other stuff that got him fired. Correct. I, I yeah. don't disagree with that, Chris. I don't. Yeah. So, well, well, especially at programs like Iowa and Iowa State, because you're not getting Caden Proctor very often, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Iowa State's never gotten that guy. So, you've got to be able – that is the most critical. They spend the most time with the players. It's the most important hire. You talk to any of these coaches, that's the most important hire they will make. Matt is now on his third one. So, this one's got to be big for him. He's got to knock this one out of the park. Well, everybody looking forward, of course, to six days away from Iowa-Iowa State, but both teams with pretty big games before we get to that one. St. John's for the Cyclones coming up on Sunday. Undefeated, Mike Anderson's got that team playing well. They push push the pace. They want to play fast, and well, we obviously know the Iowa State style. Some contrast going on on Sunday. Looking forward to it. What have you seen as you preview the Red Storm? <laughs> I don't know. Trent, I'd be a liar if I told you I spent a lot of time. Hmm. Um, I was all basketball a week ago, and I've yep. been all football since I got back from Portland. Um, here's the one thing I really have learned, though, about TJ's program is they just don't change much from game to game. So, like, if it's, oh, you're playing Villanova and the slowest pace in college basketball, or, man, now you're playing North Carolina with probably the most talented team in college basketball. They're not the best team, but they're the most talented team right now. Iowa State's game plan kind of just stays the same. Hey, we're just going to try and beat the hell out of you. We're going to be try and be tougher than you. And frankly, there's some luck involved with Iowa State. I think that you've got to get the right set of officials. Like, who's going to call the game in your favor? And I think that um, that'll probably be the case. It's like St. John's wants to do all that, and I'm going to take your word for it. But I, I promise you, Iowa State really won't change. They're just going to. They're gonna. Here, here's a little gambling tip for you guys. Watch Iowa State's games under Otzelberger when they're playing like equal. So a game like last night doesn't count, or Wednesday night. But like when they're playing these good teams, they usually get foul a lot in the first half. Think of the Wisconsin game last year. 
Ott is a firm believer that that comes back around, that they're not going to call everything. Hmm. He coaches his guys not to lose their minds out there because you're not wanting the officials to turn on you. There's a reason why TJ doesn't. He's not demonstrative towards officials because he believes in the psychology of these guys are human beings and this game's going to come back around for us. Officials don't want to call 40 fouls on one team and 20 on another. It's just not how they, – they're human. They don't want to decide the game. And Iowa State's going to be that, – that's going to be something to watch all year long, I think, because they realize when they lace up, we don't have as much talent as North Carolina – but they believe in their system and they're, we're going to work harder than everybody else and we are just going to harass you and make you cave. And that's exactly what Armando Baycott did in that game. So just keep an eye on that with Iowa State this year because I think it's going to be, especially in these non-conference games, I think in the Big 12 it's less because the Big 12 is kind of like the Big 10 used to be where you just beat people up and they don't call anything. The Big 10 still like that, but I'm, what I'm saying is the Big 12 – is no longer this like finesse conference where everybody's scoring in the 80s. That's just not the case anymore. It's a, it, it reminds me of the Big East like 10, 15 years ago, to be honest. Mm. Where are you watching the Duke-Iowa game? With you, man. <laughs> Maybe at the world's biggest sports book? Is that, does that <laughs> yeah. make sense? Sound good to you? Here's what's crazy. I didn't even know that that game was then. <laughs> um, I didn't even know we were going to be out there for that. And it was last week where I was I was doing all this Iowa State basketball prep, and I was looking ahead to next. I was like, "Holy crap! Iowa's got to play Duke, fly across the country, and then get Iowa State the next day." That's I get it why Iowa took that game. Like you should always take a game with Duke on a neutral court, but that's that's tough scheduling for the Hawks right there. No doubt about that. And then two days later, they get Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, brutal. It really brutal. truly is. Chris, we'll see you Tuesday at Circa. Um, have a good flight yeah. out there. Thanks for doing this, Chris Williams. Appreciate it. All right. Appreciate you guys. Yep. Have Thank you. Show. Chris Williams, Iowa Everywhere, and Cyclone Fanatic. All right. Bama, Trent, and I are going to talk about the championship games this week, and we come back on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.homedepot.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Next week is Cyhawk. As we know, the women play Wednesday at 6. The men play Thursday at 7. Both of those games at Carver. Dr. Stephen Fuller, FullerDental.net, has given us a pair of tickets to both the men and the women. I believe the men's contest has been posted at MillerAndCondon.com. The women will be shortly, uh, but you'll have an opportunity to win women's tickets or men's tickets uh, coming up to see Iowa, Iowa State, uh, Wednesday and Thursday of next week. Let's get Bama in here as we go around college football. Championship weekend, Bama, how are you? Doing fine, Kenny. How are you? Doing well. Uh, Bama, just, uh, we didn't talk to you about this. We saw the TV show Tuesday and have heard the reacts from it. Uh, my takeaway is I think that, um, well, I'm convinced Ohio State is still alive. Bama, I can make a case that Alabama can get in. I'll need a lot of hope, help, obviously. I think TCU's got to get blown out by K-State. Obviously, USC has got to lose tonight. If that happens, if, I think there's a slight chance, maybe put it at 10 20%, that Alabama might jump if, indeed, TCU is embarrassed tomorrow. Yeah, and I think the the problem for TCU is, and and it's just unfair. It's just the team they're playing. You know, it's not if if they were playing Texas or Oklahoma, and lost a close game. You know, maybe you know you could you could see it. Even I, 
Kansas State just doesn't have a lot of, you know, national brand name. And I think it would be really, unless the score is lopsided, I think it would be really harsh on TCU to have them lose their conference championship game and then drop. I hope um, right. I think I think no matter what, um, Oregon and Michigan are in the uh, are, are safe. No matter what, there's no way you can drop Michigan below um, Ohio State because of the head-to-head. Georgia, I think, is safe no matter what. Uh, you know, you can see some reshuffling, but I don't think you would see any type of um, you know. I don't think either one of them are going to fall outside the top four. So I just think that it's TCU. Obviously, USC is in danger, I think, if they lose uh, to Ohio State. But Alabama, I mean, they're just sitting there. I think a lot of the country has Alabama fatigue. I think they mm-hmm. want to see I think they want to see four conferences. Now, if Ohio State jumps in, uh, you know, now you're going to have two from the Big Ten. I think everybody's okay with that because it's Ohio State and Michigan. So I, I think I, I would put it at about 20%. TCU loses by two touchdowns or more, and obviously USC tonight. USC wins tonight, Alabama's done, and then it's all about Ohio State. But And by the way, I think they got the, I think they got the seedings right. I think Ohio State should be fifth. I, Alabama, you really look at the schedule, show me a signature win, you know, mm-hmm. Texas, maybe. Yep. Um, you know, they lost to LSU. We know the where they lost, who they lost to, and how you know how tight the margins were. But the bottom line is they lost, and they don't really have a great win on their resume. But I, I uh, agree it's with be you. Fun tonight, yeah, for sure. So let's get and to I, that game, uh, Trent. Uh, let's go to the Pac-12 first off. You're up, USC Utah. It was a nail biter. Utah found a way to win uh, in the regular season. Boy, there's a lot of love out there for USC tonight. A lot of people don't think that USC is going to has a chance to lose this game. Yeah, and you can't go that far. I mean, this Utah program is too good to anticipate something like that. You got the bounce back, the revenge angle that you can play. But I'm with you. It feels like there's almost too much mm-hmm. USC love going into the game, and that's where I was early in the week. I'm starting to step back a little bit. This was going to be an automatic play for me. I'm not willing to go there at this point. I still lean USC and everything that seems to be pointing their way, but I think there's way too many people overlooking Utah to think they're going to win it easily. Are Utah just going to come in? USC's defense still stinks. Yes. <laughs> what did we see last week? A very mediocre quarterback, Notre Dame. Just throwing it wherever mm-hmm. he wanted throughout that football game. Because of that, yeah, I, I definitely give Utah a fighter's chance tonight. 66-67 is the total in the game. Uh, USC's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Bama, uh, does, um tough to beat the team twice. We keep hearing it. We're t- going to talk yeah. about it more often, uh, more coming up here in our conversation. Who do you like tonight yeah. and why? I like USC. I, listen, I'm sticking with them. Williams and Riley. And yeah, they they were your playoff team for the season, right? Yeah, That's I had them. I just I just love the coach quarterback, especially in that league. Um, and I just think they've got enough. They got the brand name. Everybody's hungry for it. Um, and I think the game's at SoFi, so I think that gives them uh, an advantage. Maybe a home crowd. No, it's at Allegiant. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. my bad. Then yeah. okay. Well, maybe that neutralizes. I just I still think indoors. Um, you know. Listen, I think Kincaid is going to have to have another monster game. That's who really beat He's eligible. last time. He had like 16 yeah. and what, 180? I don't know what he – I know he caught 16 passes and, and just a ridiculous amount. I think as bad as USC's defense is, I think they're going to make somebody else beat them tonight. And I, I like USC maybe by a field goal. I, again, tough to beat a team twice, like you said, but I, I don't put a lot of stock in that, but – the matchup to me is Kincaid. If he goes off again, Utah's going to be in the game right till the end. 
if it's going to come down to a field goal or whatnot. But USC knows, I think, that they got to win because I don't think they're getting in with two losses. Nope. I think Ohio State's going to jump them because they would not be a conference champion. And this is where the Pac-12 not having divisions might actually hurt them because you can't even say I'm a division champ. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that this year. So, it's, you know, Ohio State isn't a division champ. So, you know, you just basically drop. I know they got the extra game. It may not be fair, but it's what world we live in. So I like USC. I'm sticking with them. Uh, but man, it's gonna, and I'm glad it's on Friday. I mean, there's I know just too many others. Kinda, I agree. Yeah, tomorrow's jam packed. You know, and you got the World Cup early. Thankfully for the U.S., so you know we'll get that out of the way by eleven, eleven thirty for the for the rest of them. But the Pac-12's got the stage all to themselves tonight, and for once, it really matters. Indeed, it does. Let's go. The uh, the Big Twelve starts things off tomorrow. Trent, it's Kansas State. They're getting two from TCU. TCU coming into this uh, off a road of of uh, Iowa State. A lot of K State love, and I am on that K State side. I have been on this one. Well, I've been against TCU so many times this year. Might as well try it one more time, right? And, <laughs> it's like I'm going to do against Michigan. And, and, and just like the first time that this happened, these two teams, and at twenty eight ten, I thought, oh, this is easy, yeah. and then it went the other way. I. I I don't know what it is, but I just can't wrap my arms around this TCU team. I think it comes to an end here. Give me K-State. I'll grab the points, and they're going to be part of my Moneyline underdog parlay throughout the weekend as well. Uh, definitely going to have them nice. be a piece. Yeah, I'm with you on K-State. I like them as well. How about you, Bama? Is it a consensus? You're going to take TCU. Man, I tell you, it's like like Trent said, you know, you think it's going to end every week for TCU, and it just doesn't. That's <laughs> true. Um, and but Max and Dugan is playing just. I mean, Dugan is playing great, playing out of his mind. I think he's the second favorite for the high. He is should be my book. Yeah, I mean, should be. You know, Caleb Williams and then him, and you know, pick whoever else you want. He's dangerous. I mean, he is. Mm-hmm. He is dangerous. But TCU, I mean, all year they've gotten it done, just all year long. And doesn't matter who, doesn't matter where, Oklahoma State, Texas, whoever. They've just run through everybody in the Big Twelve. And but. They've never been on the inside, you know, with a chance to win and keep it. They've always kind of been on the outside hoping to win. I remember whenever it was, they were, they finished fifth. They were all, you know, they had to win. They did. They finished fifth. They were all disappointed, all the outrage, everything else. Now they got the spot and they know all they have to do is win the game. And that might add a little bit of pressure. So I really, I'm not betting this game because TCU has just impressed me all season. Every time I think it's coming to an end, obviously it hasn't, but, man, Max Duggan is really good. And Kansas State is better than a lot of people think they are, uh, including, you know, the general public. You just see the name and you don't get excited. That's a really good football team. Uh, so I'm staying away from it. I, I kind of hope TCU wins. I don't really want the chaos. I mean, I, I would really love just the four that we have now because you got four conferences, mm-hmm. and let's just see who's best. Um, but if they lose, man, now you've got – Especially with depending on what happens tonight, boy, you've got chaos. And again, I think it would be harsh if they lose a close game, even a touchdown, whatever. I, it would be really, really harsh for them. But all eyes are going to be on them tomorrow, and they're on the they're on the inside looking out, if you will, this time. <laughs> so that sometimes uh, that pressure is going to get to them, especially if it's close late. We'll have to see. Trent, uh, let's go to the SEC. I, I saw an angle that somebody's going to play this week. And they're going to they're going to play LSU because of the fact they were looking ahead to mm-hmm. this game. Oh yeah, um, I mean they were locked into it. They were A uh, and M almost. You, you could kind of see it coming. They're going to you know banged out Kyle Field. Dot dot dot. It can't end on a on a sour note. So you're buying into the look ahead. Fa- you're not saying they're going to win, but it's going to be closer maybe than I can see it. 
I, mm-hmm. I can buy that angle. And an angle that I'm trying to search for and trying to find in this game, I absolutely can do that. My concern is about Jalen Daniels. If he is physically not even at 75 80%, yeah. just how limited that makes things. And if it is Nussmeyer against this Georgia no, defense. No, no, no. It's got, it's got to be Daniels. Right. And that's only shot. And not just Daniels, but Daniels that can right. move, that can Good run. Daniels, yes. I got to see that before I believe it. This is one that I am certainly waiting out. And if we do get word that Daniels is going to try to go, you know, kind of that yeah, wording that's not tomorrow morning. That's not a lot of confidence. That's going to be a Georgia pick. Yeah. If it's going to be Nussmeyer, I'll like to have something in before that becomes official because I think you're going to see a point <laughs> spread move. But because of those kind of things, I'm probably leaning more Georgia right now because of that. But I, I understand the angle, and I can buy it. Uh, what about you, Bama? Yeah, two, two, two least favorite words of a better is game-time decision. Mm, right. You know, and that's just one of those where, listen, I think Georgia's just going to roll. I don't, I don't know if I'm buying the look-ahead factor for LSU because they were still in the – they were the ones – what were they, fifth, I think. You know, so they, they had a shot if they won to be still be fifth. Now, maybe Ohio State is sixth and they're fifth. I mean, who knows? Could a two-loss SEC champion get in? So I'm not buying the whole look ahead to the SEC championship game. They're done now. If they, even if they do win, they're not going right. you know, They're not going to the playoff. They go to the Sugar Bowl, it's fine. But, I listen, I'm all over Georgia. I, Stetson Bennett, how can you not? The game's in the Georgia Dome. It's going to be a fast turf. It's going to be, you know, I don't know, 80% Georgia. Um, I just – I don't give – with or without a healthy Daniels, and I don't think we're going to have him at 100% no matter what, Georgia's defense is good enough to contain him. Where he, where he hurts teams, where he hurt Alabama and other teams is, you know, the whole the Mahomes kind of plays, the scramble plays, where the D-line is undisciplined, lets him out of the pocket, lets him around the edge, all that kind of thing. Georgia's not going to do that. They're too good. They're too well coached uh, on defense. I think Georgia rolls. I think it's by – Anywhere between thirteen to fifteen points. I don't know what the spread is. Seventeen and a half. Bet it. Yeah, I'm not going to bet it because a the quarterback and b you know listen it could finish seventeen and and you lose um, and the game not be competitive. But I just I can't see Georgia losing this one. I think they're just going to roll. And LSU's had a good year under Kelly, year one, win the division, take down Alabama, all good. So you know he's going to get his players in there. So we'll see what he does year two, but. I don't think they've got much of a shot tomorrow night. Let, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, let's go to tomorrow night, Trent Condon. ACC has North Carolina and Clemson. <laughs> be a lot of eyeballs on this game. Go ahead, Trent. Fire away. <laughs> Take the yuck. ACC, Trent. Yuck, yuck, and yuck. Isn't it just time to hand the keys over to Klubnik, right? I, yeah. I know you're playing for a Versus Drake May. Drake May has tried to put this team on his back, but that defense is just so yep. atrocious. Two teams going in the wrong direction. The uniforms look fun, though, right? Yeah, that's The baby not bad. blue against the orange, I, I like that. I do, too. That's so, a good point. It'll look good on the TV. It probably won't look good as a football would, game, Would though. you take the points? It's what, seven and a half? No. Not with this Carolina D. They're just so, so bad. Mm-hmm. I, I know Clemson's had their troubles, but mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't. I cannot back So North no Carolina. play for this game no matter what? No. Gotcha. No. Too yucky. How about you, Bama? I think it's got a chance to be a little closer. Now, you know, that said, I think, I think North Carolina is happy and motivated to be there. Clemson, I think, is still in shock from last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they lose to their in-state rival at home. Nobody saw that coming. Um, knocked them totally out of the playoff. They were a long shot anyway, but now they have no shot. So this is going to be a, you know, a, a psychiatrist session <laughs> for 
Dabo Sweeney to try to get his team back up to play for a conference championship. They're so used to being in the playoff. I, I saw a stat the other day, guys, and, uh, you know, out of the eight years we've had the playoffs, so that's 32 teams, right? 17 of them, 17 of those spots have been taken by Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. Hmm. So over half, and all three of them are on the outside looking in. And only one of them, I think, has a real shot. So I, I think if, if, Clemson, if, if Clemson might make a quarterback switch, that'll be really kind of harsh to DJ because at that point you're kind of putting it on him, you know, saying mm-hmm. it's your fault yep. uh, for this season. I don't know that Sweeney will do that, but just not a lot of juice around this, which is unusual. Uh, I'm excited to see Drake May play a little bit uh, against a really good defense. I know that I know they're not as good as they have been. I just think Clemson's still in shock. I don't think they can believe that they lost that game at home to South Carolina. Uh, but And by the way, how about Beamer, the job he did the last Unbelievable. Season. Unbelievable. Yeah, so uh, I would probably, I don't think I would bet it, but I think it's got a chance to be, it's got a chance to be within 10, I think. Maybe, you know, maybe a touchdown. I think it'll be the closer of the two games tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I agree. Because I, I think I the Big Ten's good. Let, let's get to this. Uh, uh, Trent, Purdue, Michigan. 17, 16 and a half, 17 is the number. This is going to be a good game. I think so. I Sell me. It's O'Connell just uh-huh. doing things, yep. Purdue in big spots, Brom in situations like this. Three times he has been an underdog, of course, against a top-five team. Three times, not just he covered, he has won outright. Can you buy a letdown in this game I for Michigan? Now, Michigan's done all the right things. McCarthy, after the game, did you see him toss the East champion hat aside and no, said, I no, we got that. more work to do? Yeah, good for him. They're doing, saying the same things, but this is still an emotional game. This is still... Coming off the game and, and doing it again. we saw them do it last year, and it was there was no hangover last year. There wasn't, but also, if Iowa hits that halfback pass in the first half, I think that game plays out a lot differently. It got away in the second half, and then the running trick plays up a couple of scores. I mean, that, that was a different conversation. Still, I think Purdue hangs around here. I do. I think this is not overly compelling, but at least and we're looking at it middle of the third quarter. You know, maybe if they score here, they can get it back within 10, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Probably around the number, ultimately. But, yeah, I think this is a better game than a lot of people maybe anticipate. Bama, take 45 seconds on this because we have one more. Yeah, I just, you know, Corum not playing is a problem. Uh-huh. Um, that's a big loss, but Purdue's defense is not real stout anyway. I think Michigan will be able to run the ball. They will. And they might try to bleed the clock because I think they know the only chance that Purdue is going to have is for O'Connell just to go nuts. And he can't go nuts if he doesn't have the football. I think this is just a Jim Harbaugh, let's try to grind it out kind of game. I know they had to open it up, and they did. J.J. McCarthy showed a lot in Columbus, side we hadn't seen before, in the biggest game of their season. Uh, and he showed what they can do. I just don't think they'll tr- – they don't want to get into a track meet tomorrow night. I mean, they just – they want to – I think Harbaugh wants to play it close. Uh, I think their defense can. They're going to have to cover Jones. I mean, that's he's been great all year. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I just think that – Purdue has one shot, and it's O'Connell. I'm with you. Maybe you know, if a couple turnovers for Michigan, maybe they keep it close, hit a couple big plays. You don't, you never know. But I, I, I think Michigan wins. I could see it within two touchdowns, and maybe not the 17. Uh, I, I think I might grab the points there, but I just think Michigan's one job is to get out of this game without any injuries and go on to the playoffs. And you know, they'd like to finish second, but I think they know they're in no matter what. Just two wins, Trent. No no time for explanation. Tulane or Central Florida? UCF. UCF-Bama? Oh, God, Tulane. I'm so rooting for them. I am too. I am too. Gus, Mal- they, Gus Malzahn damn near lost to a 1-10 South Florida last week <laughs> yeah. that would have knocked him out of the playoff, uh, this championship game. And that is the Gus Malzahn experience. <laughs>
Bama, great stuff. Uh, we uh, enjoyed this conversation. I think uh, I'll be gone next week. But I believe uh, Trent's, uh, uh, Trent's going to grab mm-hmm. you on Monday and then be back Friday. We'll do our annual Army-Navy look ahead. Oh, I love it. I love do, it. too. We are, All three of yep. us do. I'll talk to you next Friday. The audience will hear you on Monday. Bama, have a good weekend. Thank you. All right. Take care, guys. Yep. Appreciate it. Yep. Good to talk to you. Bama Bob, Trent and I talk college football. Mike Palm, Tom Caker, guest list, hour two, next, Miller and Condon, 106.9.